while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Ferros here with us as well. We have Sheriff Hodgson and Edelborough Mayor uh, Paul Haru here for our debate. Now, folks, listen, we're going to go to the phones, okay? We've asked before, we're going to ask it again. In the interest of everybody who's trying to call, in the interest of the candidates, try to cut down the preamble, okay? We all, you're not going to trip up either of the candidates. They're both professionals. <laughs> you're not going to get hit with a Perry Mason moment, okay? So out of the interest of everybody in trying to get as many calls through as possible, try to cut down on the preamble. Ask your question. You know, I'm not trying to cut your question short. Just ask your question and move on, and you take your answer off the air, if that's sufficient to everybody. And the candidates have agreed to that. And they have one minute to respond to calls. You can ask Sheriff Hodgson a question. You can ask Mayor Hero a question. Or you can ask both of them a question. And if, you, if you're trying to get on now, the lines are full. I'm going to clear some calls, so you're going to have to take your answer off the air. Keep on calling. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Good evening. You're live with uh, Sheriff Tom uh, Hodgson and Attleboro Mayor Paul Hero. Oh, uh, sorry. Got to turn. What's up? Uh, my good evening, uh, candidates. My question is simple: Who won the twenty twenty presidential election? Okay, thank you, Sheriff Hodgson. Who won the twenty twenty presidential election in twenty twenty? Yes, Biden. Okay, Paul Haro. No, Joe Biden. Okay, so See, uh, perfect. <laughs> that was great. That was a great question. That was a great question. That was that was perfect. That was easy. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hello, my question is for Sheriff Hodgson. Um, I heard your answer earlier tonight about suicides, and I still don't think you've answered why Bristol County Jails has the highest rate of suicides in the state, whereas it does not as a county. Well, that's a, that's a good question. First of all. Um, we, it, everything depends on demographics, and we have one of the largest populations. It stands to reason we're going to have a higher percentage. Look, there, there are suicides all o happening all over the country. In Philadelphia, they had 25 a year uh, when Mr. Rowe was there. Um, the Suffolk County is right behind us. What about the years where we didn't have any? These three consecutive years where we had none, was, were our policies uh, better then, and suddenly they got bad? I mean, that's ridiculous. This is a reality in prisons across the country, and it's worse than it ever was because of the mental health problems. So we, we, we all, nobody wants to see anybody commit suicide in prison. Our staff don't. We certainly, the, we don't, we're there to protect the families and the, and, and the, uh, the inmates who are there to make sure that they can go home. So this is, not, this is nothing unusual for anywhere. It, it's happening everywhere. And we, we have all our protocols in place. The National Commission on Correctional Health Care just did our review, and, and they're the, the gold standard for the nation. And they said we had absolutely all the right mental health uh, protocols in place, and we were doing things absolutely the right way. And, and uh, so that's the, the realities of it. Mayor Harrelly said something about your mom. Yeah, so you actually said was illogical. You said they have the highest population, one of the highest populations, so therefore you're going to have the highest rate. That's not how math works. Percentage. That's not what you said, so maybe you just misspoke. 10%. But the the fact is, you have the highest rate of suicide in the state. And if I was running the jail, I would have an independent review come in and look at our policies and practices and then make recommendations on how to improve it. You have not done that. You say you have, but you haven't done it. And if you, you're shaking your head over there, if you've done it, release the reports. Just like if your programs work, release the reports. You don't show, you just, you, you run your mouth like you always do, and then you basically don't follow it up with any evidence. The NCCH is an independent review, and they are the experts in the nation, Mr. Hero. So you will get a copy of that report when it comes up. I'll be happy to share it with you, because you know what? I'm so proud. I was at the closeout, and they said 
every sheriff's office in this country would be jealous of what you all have here. And the guy said at the end of it all, he said, if I were going to get back into corrections, I'd be applying right here in Bristol County. And guess what the guy independently two years earlier said from the ACA on the closeout with all my management team? He said, I've been in corrections 28 years. And if I ever, and he wasn't from here, he said, if I ever were going to get back in it, I'd be applying right here in Bristol County. So you know what? You have your views and opinions from the outside. You don't have them from the inside. And I'm ne- like I said before, with no disrespect, you are the last person I would seek out to tell me what, what I need to do in, in corrections and how I need to do it. I'm going to rely on the experts in this country who have come in time and time again and all the other sheriffs across this nation use as well. They don't use you, Mr. Hero. Being her own, then we got to go back to the phones. I'm not suggesting they use me. I'm suggesting we get an independent review that you're not actually, you know, it's a pay-to-play scheme like you've been talking about. I mean, the U.S. Senate looked at with these uh, organizations, at the ACA in particular, and they found that it is a, it, it's a scam. You, you know, if you pay, you get certified. It's, it's that simple. It, nobody, it, it's not a good business model if they didn't do that. So, the fact is. You have the highest rate of suicide in the state. Your job is the care and custody of the people under your, uh, you know, in, in jurisdiction, and they are dying. Okay, they are dying. These are people that have not been criminally sentenced. These are people who are awaiting trial. You know, your your entire organization. You know, I believe that they don't want to see these suicides. I believe that. I believe you don't want to see these uh, suicides happening. I do believe that. But the fact is, you're not managing in a way that can and should improve the situation because you refuse to admit there's a problem. So your right, diplomas, time. your diplomas, then aren't aren't, aren't valid either because right. those teachers we, we got go, paid to give you. We got to go back to the. Right, we're going back Rowe? to the. We're going back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening. Thank all four of you gentlemen. I'd like to say um, for the sheriff, um, the mayor keeps um, saying, simplifying the job as just care and custody, care and custody, he repeats. I'd like the sheriff to um, speak on the fact that he does uh, do work to advocate for border security, security, and I'd like to know how he believes that relates to um, reducing um, the resources that he has to, you know, has available. Okay, and all right. I think we got the we got just it. the question. Yeah, uh, is the question how does it reduce resources? No, she. I think she said how does it affect overall your job doing uh, the the resource economy, the illegal immigrations. How, how, illegal how, much, immigrations, of, how much of your resources are you using towards towards immigration and how enforcement? much resources do well, they use had, up in the county? When we had the two eighty seven G program, we had four people aside that were trained down in Georgia, um, and and. Actually, it's not about wasting resources because the, by having these people otherwise out in the street, criminal illegal aliens wandering around, right, and not, and not getting them off the street because they're being released instead of being held, then we're consequently costing the, the criminal justice system more problems. They're going to get eventually get housed. They're going to have to go to immigration court, up to Boston, on and on and on. And not to mention the fact of the... The, the terrible tragedies that are going to happen for those families and the fallout that they will experience as a result of us not doing our job in working in partnership, much like we do with DEA, FBI, ATF, and all those task forces. Mayor Rowe. What I just heard was a dodge. He didn't answer the question. You know, so the main job of the sheriff is care, custody, control, and rehabilitation. There's a lot that goes along with that, staffing issues and budgeting issues. And, you know, I mean, that, the job of a sheriff, I understand, would be a very uh, complex and you know, involved job. I do it as a mayor. You know, I have 20 different departments under me. As far as advocacy goes, see, any politician can pursue any policy area if they want. And the sheriff is a politician. It's it's a it's it's a, uh, a political position. It's elected. It's a politician, just like mayor. You know, it's um it's a position where you're the chief executive officer of a city. So the fact is, though, if I were sheriff, you know, the immigration, I would certainly be spending some time, you know, advocating for immigration reform. But we could get much better bang for our buck if we focus on discharge planning right now and resources within the community, housing, health care, and a job. That's where the attention really is to be directed here in Bristol County on making sure that people who are being released from the jail actually have a better shot. That's not happening nearly enough. It's going down to the border. Well, actually, we do both. And, and, and thank you, because, because it isn't just a monolithic uh, approach to, to corrections. We do both of those things. We have, we have housing. We, we work with, with Community Roar and other, other agencies for years to get people who don't have housing when they get out. We're now getting ready to announce, it'll probably be in the paper tomorrow, we're going to be the first in the nation to have a, a, a corrections recovery, reentry clinic. So when people leave, they're going to be given... 
this thing they can call. They can use the the um, what do they call those things on the phone? You know the 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 GR code or whatever it's called. QR code. QR code. See, I'm not that good at these, these computer things. <laughs> You're looking at anyway, the wrong guy, So when they leave, they'll have a QR code, and if they if they have an issue, substance abuse, they need medications, prescriptions, whatever else, what will happen is we're the first in the nation to have it. They will actually be able to, get, within two hours, have a doctor on phone with them and be able to get that prescription and have the have the um, assessment done. Mayor Hero, and then we got to go back to the phones. You're talking about a QR code for people coming out of jail? That's if you have a phone. That's if you have a smartphone. You know, you need a smartphone or an iPad to be able to scan a QR code. I mean, how out of touch are you with your own population? How many people are leaving the jail and they don't actually have a phone? They haven't been able to pay their bills in a long time. I mean, in the fact that you're talking about that you're doing these things, where's the evidence you're doing them? Where are the reports? You haven't proven anything. You say these things, but I've talked to uh, people at 11,000, actually going on 12,000 doors. I've talked to a lot of your staff and a lot of people that come out of your facilities. They say these things are not happening. You well, know, I got about half a million that say they are. So you know what? You and I have different numbers, but that's okay. The QR code. Look, you kidding me, Mr. Rowe? You think these people when they get out of jail don't have cell phones? How many are you talking about? Do you know? Or are you just saying that? You don't have any clue, right? You have no clue. So, so this is what you do. You throw these things out. Like these people don't have a chance to utilize this program. You ought to be applauding this program for somebody that believes that reentry is important. That we're now going to be an inmate leaves and he needs to get psychiatric services or psychiatric meds or whatever. He can get those by using a QR. Right. He had to borrow a phone to do we're, it. We're going back. So we're going back. To, we're going back to the phones. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hello. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. I have a question for Mr. Haru. Uh, you alluded to it earlier. If you had so much difficulty uh, balancing the budget or your, on your campaign account and that OCPF has to intervene, how could you possibly uh, balance an account of the sheriff's department for whatever it is, 30, 40, 50 million dollars? Okay, that's a great question. It's a fair question, too. I can appreciate that. So the um, my campaign finance report had uh, some discrepancies in it that I could not account for because I had volunteers uh, entering some data, you know, as far as expenditures and, um, uh, you know, uh, deposits. And so somewhere along the line, it went sideways. And so I actually went to OCPF and I said, I, I want to help. I want your help. To, so I can figure this out, okay? And so we sorted it out and we figured it out and that was the end of it. So right now I manage a $165 million budget and there's a lot of checks and balances that go along with that. And I suspect it would be very similar within the sheriff's office. I don't think that the sheriff is actually creating the budget himself in a vacuum without any support. Um, you know, so there's, as, as mayor of Attleboro, I have a city auditor who reports to the uh, city council. I have a budget director. We have a city treasurer who's elected. So there's a lot of checks and balances on these things, and it would be the same thing working in the sheriff's office. So as, as mayor, I never, ever make a decision alone, and especially with something like you know uh, budgeting or financing. But like I said, my, my own campaign finance report did go sideways, and I turned myself in. I said, hey, I can't figure this out. I need your help. And Time. we work through it together. So you're telling the caller, just so I understand you, so you're telling the caller that you had these people who were entering these entries for you, right? Are you saying those same people did the 17 occasions and 28 entries into your personal checking account? They did that? When, wait a minute, Mr. Rowe, that they did that and, and then you couldn't figure it out afterwards? Because when, they, when it was done, and it's noted in this report, mm -hmm. that you were commingling funds and, you were, and at the time you were doing it over payments... It was at a time your personal your personal checking account was at was at minimal numbers. Yeah, that's that's no, that's exactly okay. right. You know, so that's did right. they do it but or did you do that? No, the, the um, when I deposit money into my campaign account, that's a campaign loan. You know how that is. We can do that. Yes, as, I do. We can do that, and then we can pay ourselves back. And that's exactly what I was doing. Now, did I pay myself back um, the correct amount? No, I didn't. And somewhere along the line, you know, it, it, I noticed this was not correct, and so I went to OCPF because. I, I, you know, I wasn't doing it maliciously or intentionally. It was an honest mistake. And I, I do make mistakes, but I admit when I make mistakes. And that's why the sheriff's office under my administration will get better than under you. You don't admit when you make mistakes. If a person doesn't admit when they make a mistake, then there can be no room for improvement. I have no problem admitting when I All make right, mistakes. We're going back to the phones. Good evening. You're live. Okay. Gentlemen, how are you? Hi, Good. caller. Thanks for calling. I just want to say, Mayor Haru, you got my vote. Question. Nope. Sorry. That's not a question. Good evening. Question is, the mayor twice referenced uh, the, the physical uh, posture of 
the sheriff during the first hour. My question during this debate, as you're going back and forth, who is shaken or sweated more? <laughs> next question. Well, I, I, I do have a I do have next, next question. In, in fairness the, to the, the sheriff, he's not sweating. The, in fairness the, to the sheriff, that's all not. right. That's it. We're we're moving on. Good evening. Hello. Hey, Why not? That's about recidivism. Um, sure. Mayor Brew, you indicated that uh, you thought that recidivism reduction is extremely important. Would you draw out what the significance of that is for public safety? Yeah, so that is probably the key question, you know, is we can't know if we are improving public safety if we're not measuring recidivism or not. That is the key measure. Are people coming back in in an effective program will reduce recidivism by about 10 or 15 percent? Not everybody who participates in the program is going to be successful. You know, you're going to have some relapse. That happens whether it's an anger management program or a drug treatment program or people who get their high set. That happens. But fewer people are going to come back in. And after 25 years, the sheriff has never done this administrative task. He has never looked at whether or not the programs actually work. He's never even looked at his own rate of recidivism. When I was working in the Philadelphia jail system, a lot bigger of a system. It's a mega jail system. 100 admissions and releases a day that I personally saw because I worked in B1 in the intake unit, and that was the maximum security facility, CFCF. Um, that is, you know, something that I actually did in Philadelphia. Much more complex and large system, and I measured it. Well, that's that's that's, that's commendable, and, and that's great. You, you, the Philadelphia system had so much money that they could hire researchers to do it. We do measure programs. We do measure various programs. We do it through our federal grants and other grants, and and the idea that that the, the idea when you're talking about recidivism, Mr. Rowe, you do know, I, I, I got to believe you must know this, um, that in the county system, people are there on average six months. They came in there with 20 years of dysfunctional behavior mm -hmm. trying to, re, to retool. Mm -hmm. You know as well as I do that probably no matter what programs they're into, the likelihood that they're going to succeed, well, let me finish, first time, is, 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 is not necessarily a high percentage. Now, we do have one of the highest high sat graduation rates you know why because i took the tvs out of the cells i took the weights away and i said we're going to focus and I, and I and i took the gymnasium closed the gymnasium and donated all those things to schools and other places and and said i'm not going to set you up for failure because people didn't teach you about accountability and responsibility and i'm going to channel you toward programs that are going to help you and you know Time. what we've had great success so right. the you know to 30 seconds okay so i'll give each 30 seconds you said that, that you have these outcomes where are they where's the evidence where's the data where's the reports you don't produce any of that you say it but you don't actually do it and you also made my point you also made my point is that yes not everybody who participates in a program is going to be successful they do come in with 20 years of uh the you know behind the eight ball that's why but fewer people will come back with a successful program 10 to 15 percent not 100 percent 10 to 15 percent that is statistically significant that's when a program works and you are not measuring that so so again you said we're not measuring it and we're the statistic you you listen you, have you ever asked us for any of those reports mr Rowe? you haven't have you my team has no no they haven't they have they have well, i don't know who they asked and you also don't put them on your website we, put them on your website but, just put them up make mr. it Rowe, transparent mr Rowe. You don't, you don't run my, my operation. I do. I'm the sheriff. Okay? Not for long. And, and you know what? Well, I, 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 that's interesting. We'll, we'll see. I'm very com very comfortable with where, I'm at, where I am, and whatever the voters decide, I'm comfortable with that, too. So you're not going to deny the election? All right. Well, we got Mr. We Rowe, got you, you, you interrupted me, so I get another 30 seconds, right? Yeah, you get another 30 seconds. So anyway, Mr. Rowe, what I'm trying to tell you is that my people do measure things. You've never asked for a report. You just spew these things again. This is what you do, Mr. Rowe. So you know what? You can continue saying and creating these narratives all you want. If you want reports, ask us, ask us for them. Uh, you, you said, you, where are they? If you were that interested, why did you have somebody else go ask? So you want them? Ask me. Ask, may, ask so, our people. May I actually address that? Because ask them. The, the, the sheriff, Can I get another 30 seconds? His campaign team actually reached out to City okay. Hall asking about my uh, schedule, and they also wanted to know how many people have uh, left the jail. I'm sorry, the um, you know the employee of the city. So you, you, your team, you're, once again, you're being a hypocrite. Your team has actually reached out you know, to, you know, on your behalf. And so my team has also reached out. In fact, my team has been doing it well before I was ever even in the picture. The fact is, you haven't produced any data. There is no evidence that you're keeping people safe other than your word. You're wrong. Time. <sighs> Sheriff, you, you actually... He's, uh, he's actually wrong. And, and, and again, um, I, I, again, it's, it's what 
Mr. Rose is going to continue repeating the same things, and it's not based in fact. We are measuring things, and I don't know any way to tell them uh, that that's what's going on. Okay, back to the phones. Good evening. You're live. Hi. Um, this is for the sheriff. On October 2nd, you had the, um, the suicide, and there was an attempted suicide. And then uh, four days later, on your website, uh, you, apply, you, uh, um, you put out, you were looking for a booking and intake assistant. Was that because you were understaffed? Did somebody get fired? Did somebody resign? That's, that's my question. Uh, I, I, I probably somebody either either uh, left, retired. I'm, I'm not sure which what, what the vacancy was about, but one has nothing to do with the other. I'm not sure about what the correlation is, um, but your, the answer to your question is it, it's probably either a retirement or somebody took on another position and that one va uh, vacated and it was being posted. Mayor Rowe. So, you know, I have to, you know, uh, respect the sheriff's uh, position uh, in that we are not allowed, as, as both of us, as a sheriff or as a mayor, we're not allowed to talk about personnel issues. So even if there was somebody who dropped the ball or, you know, I mean, he wouldn't be allowed to talk about it anyway. So I, you know, I... You I'm not know, trying I, to say drop the ball. What do you mean? I, I, think what the, I think what the caller was saying is that, you know, the person who... Um, you know, the position that might have overseen the intake process for this uh, Howe character, you know, the inmate, you know, that the, suddenly there was a vacancy. And so I think the, I think the, the question of the implication, the, the question is so kind the of... The question a, was whether or not you fired somebody for what happened exactly, with Adam Howe. Yeah. That's the question. That's, that, the, that's not what that's the, question the question was. That's, that's not how they... That, 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 was, that, was, the that, was, that was the question. That was the implication. But if that, I thought it was just... There was a vacancy, and the guy was that's asking about the vacancy. But if that's your but question, he no, said that, it in context of no, Adam Howe. No, yeah. let, let me answer it, Marcus, since you brought it up that way. Sure. So the answer would be absolutely not. My staff did exactly what they were supposed to do based on the standards of care, both from the mental health standpoint. By the way, you guys should have wrote that question clear on the card for that guy, so he could have read it. <laughs> yeah, yet, well, Marcus. exactly. Well, <laughs> it was it was it was You guys, I thought it was very. You guys knew what he said. No, I thought it was very clear. It's kind of funny. Neither of us knew what he said, but you guys knew. If you say so, somebody for doing something wrong. The answer is absolutely not. My people did everything exactly right. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hey, how you doing, Peter Graves, longtime Attleboro resident. My question is for Mr. Hero. What is your recidivism rate for residents in Attleboro arrested by Attleboro police officers, and what have you done to fix it? Okay, so, hey, Peter. Um, the, 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 I think you have a misunderstanding of what recidivism is with arrests because somebody can only recidivate after they've actually been uh, convicted of a crime. And so if somebody's arrested, they're presumed innocent. Uh, you know, so as far as what have I done about crime in Attleboro, we created a cyber unit. Thank you for asking this question. This is a softball. We created a cyber unit over the last five years, a traffic unit. Um, I've uh, tripled the training budget for police officers. We've increased the number of police officers on staff. We are now purchasing the uh, cruisers, uh, paid for directly out of the budget rather than bonding for it and taking out loans. Uh, you know, we've, uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, we've, <laughs> we've actually done a lot. You know, I'm, a lot of people say, oh, Paul's a Democrat. He must be defunding the police. No, actually, I uh, awarded my police chief with uh, the highest medal a police officer can get, which is the Medal of Valor. Uh, for, you know, some excellent work that he did. Um, you know, police chief and I have an excellent relationship. We work together all the time. I'm constantly learning from him. You know, police department now is outstanding. Time. I would, and I would uh, to, to um, just, I want to I commend the mayor for standing up for, for his, his, his uh, department there. I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. Too many people are not. Um, but, um, but kudos to you for giving them the money that they rightfully should get. Mm -hmm. The, the, uh, they're in the same business I am, which is protecting the people of the community. They partner with us, and it's great that you're giving them more resources. We have to oftentimes lend our resources or, or even provide pe you know, uh, vehicles sometimes to other PDs. Um, so that, 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 that will be helpful, and it may even help us take some of our resources that now may be out of where it doesn't need and give to somebody else and help that community be safer as well. So, so uh, thank you for standing up for for. The, the officers. Thank you for Men not making that political. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, <laughs> yeah. really, really, sincerely. Yeah. So uh, let's go back. Hello. Hello. Hey. You're Hi. live. Just some question is for um, Sheriff Hodgson. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to know why um, over three hundred thousand was sitting was not returned to the Commonwealth because it was, as Sheriff Hodgson said, in an account that. 
they didn't look at and they didn't know about. And I find that is um, very hard to believe. Or is it? it okay, so you're asking where three hundred thousand was? Is that is that there's yeah. three? Yeah, she's that asking. That is the question. And why wasn't it picked up by the accounting staff? Well, first of all, let me let me start by saying um, that money was not uh, state money. That money belonged at the sheriff's office. It wasn't supposed to be reimbursed or kept from the state at all. Uh, what happened was the uh, ICE actually, we, we had an older account, and we, we switched the account to a, to a different account, different bank. And they still had the other number. They had the new number, but they sent it to the old number. It, it was not okay, though, that it was in there longer than we expected. It was not spent. It just moved over to our new account. But it was a definitely a accounting error on the part of, of our department. No question about it. The the uh, CFO didn't didn't pick up on it. And when the auditor came in, said, hey, you got to move it from that account over to this account. But none of it was going to the state. It wasn't being kept from the state. That was money that came to our department from ICE uh, to be used for our department. Mayor See, I'm actually not going to um, challenge that explanation because I try and be fair. All right. And, you know, it, just like with my own accounting of my campaign, it was an honest mistake. And so you, you've you've turned around and said that you know I've uh, I was you know doing something nefarious with my own campaign account. That's not the case. It was an honest mistake, and I actually believe that what you just said was probably an honest mistake. It was an economy, and it is what it is. You know, I don't think anything nefarious was going on. I would appreciate the same courtesy to say you know and just you know acknowledge that hey you know Paul had a mistake with his campaign. I can't account. do that, Mr. Mr. Roy, I can't do that. I'll tell you why I can't. That's very different than what we just discussed. You're trying to draw an analogy to soften your, your, your situation. No, it's not. Let me, no, this is my opinion. Uh, well, I, so, maybe I'm wrong, Mr. Hurup, but I want, to be, I want to be fair, too. But this was not something that was accidental. It was done intentionally at a time your personal account. That's right, was, and I was, was paying was, myself was back. I was paying myself but, back but, money that I had loaned my campaign. We, That's absolutely maybe right. Should, maybe you should go back right, and we're, the report, we're moving. We're moving on. I'm the one that we're, we're went move. to OCPF about it. I, I paid myself back what I had loaned we're, my campaign. We're, we're moving on. Good evening, you're live. Good evening. Mayor Harold, the Sun, Sun Chronicle is a new newspaper that serves the Attleboro area, so most South Coast residents don't know what that paper writes about you. But recently they did an article about you denied an Attleboro firefighter benefit after he was stricken with COVID and hospitalized and the union had to file and the night before the grievance the lawyers reached an agreement I'm just wondering what that cost the city of Attleboro for you denying firefighters benefits okay thanks I didn't I didn't deny anybody any benefits what the issue was and this was all in the newspapers that a firefighter had contracted COVID and there was no evidence whatsoever that he got it on the job there was no evidence of that. And, you know, for every other firefighter and police officer who came and said, you know, I, I contacted COVID and, um, you know, I had minimal contact of COVID on the job. I said, OK, well, consider injured on duty. Presum you know, we'll presume that it, you got it on the job. This one firefighter had no evidence of that whatsoever. And so the union uh, contested that it wasn't in the COVID was not in the contract. So what the lawyers worked out was that we would add COVID as a presumptive uh, issue to the contract. And that settled it, you know, but the fact is I have never lost a ULP with the um, with any uh, any employee. I've never lost a lawsuit and I, my opponent can't say the same, but it hasn't cost the city anything uh, the, you know, that it, that's just it hasn't cost us anything. So. So this is where the, where the mayor and I might have a different point of view about public safety. Um, you know, we had a situation in New Bedford where uh, Officer Mike Cassidy got COVID. Uh, similarly, um, this is a guy who helped that some homeless guy who no, never talked to anybody about it. But this is a guy who was out in the street. He may have been not at, at work when it happened, and they weren't going to pay him. And I, I went, I, I said... I think that's not right. I went to bat for the Cassidy family. And ultimately, in the end, the mayor came around and said, yeah, it's the right thing to do. You know, these guys, they, they, didn't, they couldn't go home during COVID. They couldn't work from home. They were out there in the streets every day, leaving their families, exposing themselves to, to COVID. And you know what? Whether you could prove it or not isn't the point. Yeah, it is. Well, not, not, not from, in my opinion, this is my opinion. You may differ with me. But you know what? Those guys, fire, police, 
they're out there every day. And and you know what? That's the least they could do while everybody was at Time. home collecting no. money and doing everything so else. The, the issue was that seconds. we were in a pandemic. Everybody was getting COVID. We had to have some connection to the job. You know, I can't just say, oh, you know, if you break your leg, let's just assume it happened on, on work. If you've got a headache, let's, you know, and you, it's causing you a migraine, let's assume it's work-related. There has to be, that has to be in the contract and we've listed as presumptive because this is taxpayer money. I know you're kind of careless with that, with all the lawsuits you've been losing over the years, but you know, it's, it's taxpayer money. I do have an obligation to make sure there was some connection to getting COVID and getting it on the job. Time. We're the most fiscally, we're the most fiscally efficient run sheriff's office in the Commonwealth. And you know what I bet you don't have, Mr. Hero? What I did when I first took over, I started the management accountability program and we measured 250 operating indicators every day on every shift, Mr. Hero, every day on every shift, but you're not in the middle of all these departments doing that. I was, and I created it. You know what? We are the most efficient-run sheriff's office in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, barring none. If you ever want to look at the numbers month to month, I'd love to have you come look at those while you're looking at the recidivism reports as well. Time. You, you say that. We gotta, we, says you, but you've gotta go, never we gotta produced go back any to the numbers. Got to go back to the phones. Good evening. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, listen, how are my you? question is for Mr. Haro. Uh, how do you plan on? How do you plan to react when the inmates and/or guards do not respect you? Considering you have no respect for Sheriff Hudson, and and no, that's one question. Sorry. Okay, so first of all, I have respect for the office, but I, I strongly disagree with how uh, the sheriff is actually doing the job. I, I, we just we're just we, we have difference of opinions, very different people. Um, so I took over as mayor of Attleboro, uh, over 500 employees under my direct supervision, responsible for the budget of another 700 under the school department. Um, you know, and I have a good relationship with employees. Like I said, I've never lost a ULP, an unfair labor practice. And you know, you do th- chain of command goes two ways, and you have to make sure that you know you're respecting the department heads are overseeing and supervising the folks you know but it, it, you have to make sure that you are uh respecting their boundaries their laws and again the, the current sheriff has lost ulp after ulp he's lost lawsuits in federal court with his own employees i've never lost one in my five years well first of all mr Rowe has a very different uh a different sort of uh business that he's in than i do uh we're in we're in a very difficult business where where we have uh protocols rules you have chain of command. You have all kinds of things. And lawsuits happen in prisons. He knows it. If you worked in Philadelphia, he knows it. Okay? And and you're, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. That's normal. But you know what? You won't find that our actions were reckless or anything else. Sometimes you'll even have to settle lawsuits. We had a case where Mara Healy was supposed to represent it. She wouldn't. So we had to pay all this money out because Mara Healy wouldn't do her job. And we had to have, hire a lawyer to go out and, and fight this case, which ultimately in the end... We, we had to settle because she wouldn't represent us, and that cost taxpayers a heck of a lot more money. All right, we're going back to the phones. Good evening, you're live. Yeah, hello, this is for the sheriff. Yes. Um, the sheriff said that he has the most efficiently run jail and that his mental health protocols are uh, one of the best in the county. So I wanted to ask how a jail has the best mental health programs experience high suicide rates of people with mental health issues. Thanks for the call. That's a that's a good question, caller. All all jails have have suicides and mental health issues. Um, Suffolk, for example, is right behind us. Does it mean Suffolk's not running their protocols properly? Um, and does it mean that we were running all our protocols properly when we had three consecutive years where nobody committed suicide or attempted suicide or what have you? Of course not. This is a reality of what's going on in prisons, and you can talk to any uh, caller, which is a great question. You can talk to anybody in the business. Look. Um, nurses in in inside mental health institutions will see, on average, six suicides in their career, and this is inside a mental health institution. So, so these reports all reflect the problem that we're all dealing with, and the most difficult part is nobody nobody can you know necessarily predict when suicides are going to happen. You can do all the protocols and 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 have stopgap measures to prevent it, but there's no guarantees. But we we're always on the cutting edge of meeting all the standards, and Time. and NCCH has has said that. Mayor Hero, again, it's not that suicides are happening. That does happen in jails. It's that you have the highest rate in the state. You have the highest rate, and you refuse to do anything about that by bringing in an outside group, somebody other than NCCHC, you know, southern other than the ACA. You know, you you're not, and you refuse to say even after it happened. 
we're going to do an after action review. We're going to look at this. You could have at least said that. You didn't. You just immediately said, no, everything was perfect. And, and you know, anybody coming at us, oh, it's political. Oh, they're lying. You know, it's just that, that's that well, you go do, to. We do do a review with our medical staff, our mental health staff, and our officers anytime something like that happens to go over and see, was there something missed? Did we do something we should have we should have done? Did we not do something we should have done? And again, Mr. Hero. You do know we get we do have audits twice a year by the DOC. We're inspecting more than meat plants. The federal government was inspecting us. We had the ACA. We've had the, right. the NCCH. And you just want to dismiss those, Mr. Hero, because you, you claim it's a money-paying scheme. And, again, I'll tell you, I'll just go back to your diplomas. None of them are worth anything because you paid to go to college. Mayor That's Hero. essentially what you're saying. Did you just compare the people in your care and custody to meat plants? No, I Is said it, we're inspected more than meat plants. You're Mr. inspected Hero. more than, you know. Okay. That's what I said. Uh, well, so that, first of all, it doesn't say much about the uh, FDA guidelines and, you know, the Department of Agriculture when they, you know, I agree that they need to do better on that, but that's another issue. But you still have the highest rate of suicide in the state, and you refuse to say you're going to do better. You refuse to say we're going to improve the situation, that we're going to get somebody else in, that we, you know, and you don't release the results of anything. I've been to your website many times. There is no data up there. You talk about all this data. You talk about all these, you know, reports, and there's nothing Mr. available. Hurl, and I've been, and I, wait, 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 wait. I, you, I'm not, you know, Sorry. I've, been, I'm, I've been campaigning for this race since January. I've mm -hmm. been talking about this since January. If you had this stuff, you would have put it up on your website just to shut me up. You don't have this stuff. You know, stuff. Mr. Hurl, I don't answer to you, and I won't answer to you. You know what? I answer to the people of this county. I'm and not I am a voter of the people I, of this yes, county. Yes, you are. Then call me up and ask me what you want. But but I'm not going to dance to your music, Mr. Hurl. I dance to the music of the people that I represent. You know what? They aren't, they aren't yelling and screaming about this because they know we're running the professional operation. And my staff are amongst the best in the nation. And you can continue to try to demean them and say they're not. But you know what, Mr. Hurl? We've done independent reviews and you continue to try to pretend it doesn't matter. So you know what, Mr. Rowe? You don't understand the business. And you know what? If you think you're the man because you didn't look at a report and we should be abiding by what you think is right versus these professional doctors and people from different parts of the country who are coming in and doing these things, you know, Mr. Rowe, you and I are clearly different about what really I'm just asking is, you to prove it. And I'm, just prove it. All right. Just we're going back to the phones, guys. Back to the phones. Good evening. You're live. Hi, Sheriff. I wanted to know, um, we often hear about the Latin Kings. She just called in, right? That was the same caller? Okay. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, how are uh, you? Quick, quick question for both candidates. Yes, sir. Do you believe the Biden administration has operational control of the United States southern border? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they have um, a duty to secure the border, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, what's up for debate is how well they are doing that. I, I think, you know, but that's not really relevant to, you know, I, I didn't think it was really relevant to what we're talking about here, you know, with running for sheriff. I mean, that's down there on the border. I mean, some people, very, very few come up this way, but. Well, let me, let me let me correct the record. First of all, Massachusetts had the highest influx of illegal aliens between 2007 and 2017, Mr. Hero. So, yes, it does. It is relevant. And not only that, the fentanyl point into this country is coming right over the southern border. So, yes, it does matter. Actually, and no, and the answer, no. No, I can tell you right now. Secretary Mayorkas has looked the American people in the eye and thought he was going to play us for fools, right? He's the same guy that shut us down up here because they didn't want ICE. They didn't want people being held. And you know what? He looked the American people in the eye and said, the border's secure. Then, then the vice president had the audacity to do the same thing. We're not stupid. The people in my county are not stupid, Mr. Hero. You know what? For you to say, well, that's up for debate. No, it isn't up for debate. Sitting there, you must not watch television because if you know what? You don't see those thousands pouring in. I deal with the Border Patrol. I deal with ICE. I have for years because you know what? I wanted to know from them what they're seeing with MS-13 pulling up here and going up okay. to the Northeast. Okay. Right. So if, if I could just say he doesn't watch television, he told me. No, I don't. <laughs> so, so maybe no. that's the problem. No, so, well, I mean, it, you know, you the programs you watch are One American Network and Newsmax, these right-wing fringe organizations. Have you ever seen you, me been in my house and watched TV with me? I'm I've seen kidding. pictures of you on TV oh, on One America. Watching. Yeah. Okay, I'm not, so, I haven't seen any on, on, on national television with you, but maybe there were. So when I went around the country with my dog, I was. So the... Oh, okay. Um, okay. You know, what you said a moment ago about the drugs coming in, 90% of the drugs are coming through legal ports of entry. 90%. That's incorrect. 
the Cato Institute just did a report on that. Cato's a libertarian thing. You're talking about the dark figure. Okay, no, so you can't know what uh, you hey, don't Hey, guys, we're not talking about immigration anymore. We're not talking about this anymore. This, hey, this part of immigration. I think you asked that, Marcus. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes, hi. I, I have a question for Sheriff Hodgson. Yes. Cool. Hi, Molly. He describes himself, You actually, Sheriff, you describe yourself with great pride as a law and order man. My question is, how do you justify your alignment with Donald Trump, who is one of the most completely lawless... All right, we got it. How do you... I think this is the same lady who wrote a letter and tried to prevent an award being given to me and was and went on about it, saying I was a racist and I was a white supremacist and all this other nonsense. Um, look, um, as far as uh, President Trump goes, as I mentioned earlier, I don't care what president's down in Washington. If they're going to invite sheriffs... To come down there and talk to them, and this is what President Trump did with us. He supported law enforcement across the country, and what he said, and, and what he did, which was what I, I've never seen a president do it the way he did. He wanted to sit at the table with us, who had our boots on the ground, that talk to our people every day, that know what the problems are in our neighborhoods, and he wanted to know directly from us. So when he created a policy, it was going to be guaranteed to come back and benefit the people that we represent. Not go through some politician and have it watered down. That's why he brought us down there. And anybody that, that is concerned that I would go there and talk to a president, whether it's Obama or anybody else, when they're willing to do that, I, I'm not going to apologize for that because I represent the people here. And if I think that they can make it safer, I'm going to do everything I can. I don't care who's Mayor in that office. So what Sheriff Hodgins just did was pivot. You know, it's a it's a technique that politicians like he is use to avoid the question. The issue was your allegiance to Donald Trump. I have multiple pictures of you head to toe at campaign rallies wearing Donald Trump stuff. You wouldn't do that with Barack Obama or Joe Biden or any you are a hardcore Trump supporter and Trump was the one who incited the January sixth insurrection. Yeah. So, so what does all that, what, what, what all this have to do with us, the, the officer sheriff? If you want to go there, Mr. Hero, which, which, which is really a, absurd, let's talk about Mr. Pizarro, who's one of your biggest supporters, tied into the ACLU, who addressed the communist convention not too long ago, and the Marlene Pollocks of the world and the rest of them for Bristol County for Correctional Justice, her husband who was, who was investigated in, in, at Buttonwood Park for handing out communist newspapers. Look, we, 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 the people you're aligned with are all socialist people, okay? They're all people that believe that the criminals are the victims and that the victims, the real victims, they're non-existent. And it's, they have a record of this, okay? And they have a record of lying. They were the same people that were standing right. across women from, from my facility with a bullhorn, Marlene Pollock, saying, Sheriff, tell everybody how you're taking the seizure medication away from the inmates and they're falling right, off we, their bunks All right, we're moving. seizures. Mayor Hurl. This is the nonsense that you guys were involved in. Mayor Hurl. Mayor Hurl, I'm going to give you a minute on that. Yeah, uh, that's what they do. That's not what I do. Well, you know, supporters. So, um, well, your supporters, I and mean, we could talk, we could go down that road and talk about supporters. Um we're talking about who you support, not who supports us. I can't control who supports me, and you can't control who supports you, but it's your support, your undying allegiance to Donald Trump. He was the cause of the January 6th insurrection. You previously said that you didn't necessarily believe the results of the election. Tonight, you, ba you said yes. When I did do. I say that? You said there was reason for doubt. You previously said that. About I said there were questions being asked that were raising doubt. Okay, by people all around. And those courts have ruled over and okay. over again those, you know, so you actually, your language, your language contributes to that type of doubt. Oh, please. It absolutely contributes oh, to it. You, you, you know, raise questions about the election, and that actually continues on with those conspiracy theories. Okay, you, that, that's who you are. I get it. That's fine. So you were time, time. We're going politician. back to the phones. We're going back to the phones. Good evening. I have a question for both the sheriff sure. and the mayor. Sure. Sheriff? Sheriff, would you be happy with the endorsement of Donald Trump in this campaign? And Mayor, would you be happy if the sheriff were to be endorsed by Donald Trump? <laughs> what a question. All right, we're going to go 30 seconds on that one. Mayor Harrell. You know, endorsements don't win races. Hard work does. Okay. Uh, well, sheriff Hodgson. I mean, he makes a good point. Would you? Okay. So would you be, would you be happy? So he you? makes a good point. Okay. All right. Good evening. You're live. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, let's talk about something that really matters. Right now, it's tough, especially, I have to agree, running a jail and running a city, two different, uh, completely different animals. Um, 
what it's hard to get COs and people to Question. work in the jail. Okay, so what do you guys plan on doing about addressing secondary trauma? I'm going to start with Mayor Harrell. Now, could you, when you talk about secondary trauma, I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing because I have several thoughts about what you mean by secondary trauma. And I see the sheriff has a puzzled look on his I face. Think, right, maybe for guards, for corrections officers? I, I don't know. All right, we'll move on. We got rid of him. Good so. evening, you're live. Uh, yes, uh, my question is for uh, Mr. Hero. Uh, you got a celebrity football star with tens of millions of dollars in your jail. It's a nationwide story, even international for a while. How do you prevent that suicide, sir? You seem to have all the answers. That was in. Um that was in state prison. You talking about Aaron Hernandez? I, I, I'm going to move on. That well, was he's, he's asking the question: How do you prevent it? How do you whether, prevent whether suicide? Whether it was in our place or state? Oh, how did you pre- how, how, how did you prevent would he Aaron prevent Hernandez? That? How would oh. he prevent that? Okay, how would you prevent Aaron Hernandez killing himself? Well, you have to look at a lot of different variables about. Well, uh, you know, who should be on suicide watch? Is it, uh, a, you know, a male first time in there? Um, you know, what, what, is it a high profile crime? You know, there's a lot of different variables that have to be considered. All this has to be described, you know, in uh, policy and procedure. Whether or not it's adequate right now is, is a concern. If the policy and procedure is adequate, why isn't it being followed if it's being followed? You know, so these are the questions that have not been publicly answered, um, you know, but right. that, that's a hypothetical. So, so, so to, to, to his point, 30 seconds. Um, he's correct. And we have all those in place and we did follow policy uh, and we do follow policy. So he's correct. And, and that's why we have those those policies and procedures in place. Back to the phones. Good evening. Hi, my question is... Uh how many of the inmates are repeat offenders, and when do you say enough's enough? They, you can't help them if they don't help themselves. Well, I, th- th- this is the sheriff speaking. I, I never say enough is enough because my philosophy when I first took over was I, I told everybody our job's not to punish people when they come in. Our job is to add life skill tools to their toolbox, and if they go back out, and they didn't end up with enough tools because there just wasn't enough time and they needed other other sort of support, then when they come back, we're going to focus on adding additional tools to their toolbox. But, but the idea of making sure that people aren't coming there and thinking we're trying to punish them. Hey, guys, can I, just, just I want to sure. interrupt you for a second. Please don't take advantage of it. Both of you, please give out your website. For people who like you, want to hear about how to get involved with the campaign, both of you, please give out your website. SheriffHodgson.com would be mine. SheriffHodgson.com. ApolloRow.org. Thanks, guys. So may I respond to that? Yeah, got 30 seconds. Then we got to So you, you talk about you know, life skills, but the research on life skills training as a program actually shows it doesn't reduce recidivism. You know, anger management, uh, you know, programs, cognitive behavioral relapse prevention, that does. Life skills actually doesn't. You should know that. Wait, wait, wait. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time. So, and then you also said, you know, that you're there for the treatment of people. But when you first started this job, you said, if you don't like it here, don't come back. That's not conducive for treatment and rehabilitation with people who have mental illness or substance abuse issues. So you say one thing, but in practice, you do another. You take it out of context, Mr. Hero. That that comment, and, and you didn't put it in context, okay? Somebody asked me a question about something. That's not my philosophy, and everybody in my place knows it. So, but the bottom line is, when I talk about life skills, that can do with with substance abuse programming. We just got two vocational, about a year ago, we, I, I acquired two tractor trailer simulators so these guys can get CD, and girls can get CDL licenses before they leave. We have two, we have two um, welding simulators and I hired the, the retired superintendent of Vogue to advance our programs. We're on top of all this, Mr. Harrell. We're all right. on top Ma- of it all. Ra- Mayor Harrell, 30 seconds, then we're going to closing statements. You say you are on top of that, but you provide no evidence whatsoever. You know, there's just, you know, you, you, you talk the talk, you're, you're, it's political spin, you say you're not a politician, you are the ultimate politician. You know, you, you, you're so good at making people think that you're not a politician, but that's what a politician does. You know, I, I admit, you know, I, I'm, I'm in my ninth year in elected office. You're in close to 35, and, you know, you somehow you know, magically and miraculously say he's the career politician. Time. You're projecting. So you're suggesting that, hold on. Suggest- We're going to closing statements. We only have a little limited time left. Sheriff Hodgson, your two-minute closing statement. Well, first of all, again, thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Chris, for, for this, this opportunity. I think it's, it's critically important for the people. I think, I think tonight we've been able to clearly uh, make clear that um, Mr. Hero does not have the experience uh, necessary to be the sheriff. He is um, somebody who has continued to say throughout this debate that will show me the report, show me the reports, 
but he did. He he never looked for the reports. He never called for the reports. Well, I'm not. I don't. We don't like respond to Mr. Haro when he wants reports. You want something? Call and ask Mr. Haro. But but this what this really is in the end. This is about the future of this county, the safety and security of the people of Bristol County. And you know this is a law enforcement position, and it isn't something that is just focused on corrections. It's much bigger than that. And that's the problem. Not a problem, but that's the difference Mr. Ferro and I have. He doesn't understand the breadth of the authority of the sheriff. And why would anybody want to minimize the services that we're giving to seniors, kids, working with our our fellow law enforcement uh, officers in in the agencies, building a stronger collaborative, sharing resources, saving money by doing that, sharing intelligence. That's what it's about. Mr. Rose never lived that world, and he doesn't know how to go about doing that. He's simply talking about studies and all these other things that he thinks when he gets in there, he's going to do this and this, but he's never really looked in, and when he doesn't have the answer because he didn't ask, he suddenly says, well, show me the report. Well, that doesn't make it not so. So I'm asking the people of this county to uh, continue to uh, give me the opportunity to serve them, to continue to strengthen the uh, public safety in their neighborhoods for their families, and um, and I would be blessed to have their vote. And I am grateful for the opportunities they've given me over these last 25 years to serve them. Mayor Hero, two minutes. Thank you. Uh, to the voters of Bristol County, uh, this has been a quite amazing year. I've met uh, literally thousands of people, knocked on uh, well over 10,000 doors, and I've heard from you. I've um, you know uh, talked to you, and you are concerned. You believe it's time for change. And I worked in jail. I worked in prison. I worked with kids for seven years. And I'm the, currently the mayor of a city with a budget that's you know about two and a half times larger with you know a lot of responsibility. Now, I am concerned about the direction of the jail. The, the, you know, we have the highest rate of suicide. The, the incumbent sheriff, he basically says things are going well and he's keeping people safe. All I'm saying is prove it. He has not proven it. It's his word you know, that he's offering up, but that's not good enough. We, you know, in a modern jail system, we actually have to prove what we're doing in modern government management. That's not a Democrat idea. That's not a Republican idea. That's just good government. We need to make sure that we're actually measuring our programs. And if they're not working, we need to reform them. The incumbent after 25 years has no idea what works and what doesn't work. We have to make sure that, you know, we actually have a rate of recidivism. It can be done. I did it in less than two years when I was working in Philadelphia, a far larger and more complex system. It has never been done in 20 five years here. We can and should be doing better. We have to really focus on setting people up for success, not basically just saying, if you don't like it, don't come back. You know, the incumbent, he went on and on just trying to rip me apart and tear me down just now. But the fact is, he's the one that's in the newspaper about, you know, controversy after controversy. I'm not. You know, the city of Attleboro is going really well, and 66% of the people voted for me in November of last year because they have a lot of confidence in me that I am doing a good job. As your next sheriff, I will be a lot more transparent, a lot less controversial, save you a lot more money, and in doing so, also keep you a lot safer because we're going to actually make sure what we're doing is working, and not just say, I'm a tough guy, I'm going to be tough. You know, We're going to actually prove it. All right, guys, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. If you're on the line, uh, stay on the line. Sorry we couldn't get to you during the uh, candidate segment, but we're going to do, do a post-game, uh, Chris and I. So call in. To let us know who won, who didn't win. By the way, Marcus, they both just shook hands. They did. They're, gonna They're be, both gentlemen. They're going to be friends. They're going to be friends. They're going to be friends. All right, we'll see you guys in the 9 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for post-game.